0: is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. A good Thursday, Mike everybody. everybody. Welcome inside the Matt Black Kia Studios. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. I'm your host, Mike Gill. That's Hunter Brody. Follow him on Twitter, at Broads81. I'm at Mike Gill Show. Josh Henning is producing. The day show, his wave was not very enthusiastic today. You see that? It yeah. He, just he, a quick little. He's had better. I hope
1: that doesn't really describe the day we're about to have. Right?
0: That's akin to like last night when I was leaving, I gave him like a rock and roll, like I'm out of here. I love that one. Not one uh, acknowledgement that I left. Nothing. He gave you a head nod, he said. Nothing. Well, maybe do we respect the fact that he's in game mode? You know, he's in, he's in the grind. I mean, gentlemen, Give a wave goodbye while you're in your middle talk. You just kind of, yo, well, imagine
1: this. Imagine if last, after yesterday's show, maybe at like 5.15, when we were really in the grasp of our debate, somebody walks in and goes, see you guys, I'm leaving. You think that you would stop our passionate conversation to give that gentleman a wave?
0: Yeah, you would. Yeah, if we were like back and forth like this, and the guy came in, I'd say, yeah, see ya. Well, that that uh, see ya is equivalent to his, eh. Wave to your verse. No, rock there was star. no hand movement. Oh, no
1: hand movement at all. Nothing. It was just the tip of the head. I don't
0: even see, I didn't see a tip. It was more like I had to give it like two, like, hey, acknowledge that I'm leaving, man. I'm giving you an acknowledgement that I'm leaving. And he's just straight on, I give one of these, nothing. Then I do it again. And I didn't really get much. And I was like, all right, well, he just wants to be rude. I got you. Classic, Josh. What right? are we going to do with him? I don't know, but like if somebody waves, don't you acknowledge them back in some capacity? Every time. Have to. Every time. Hmm. Well, I don't know that we're waving goodbye to Carson Wentz just yet. Doesn't feel I don't know. Saturday it felt like it was happening like immediately that day. I I like people were texting me like, you know anything. you heard anything? Now I'm not even getting those texts anymore. Are the people now fatigued and I don't want to say fatigued to the point where you don't think it's gonna happen, but I don't know. Are they, what are the Eagles doing here? Are they, are they going to wait until draft day? Well, I was always under the impression that this was all part of the process,
1: and I still feel that way. But I just wonder if at this point it, it is serious that Howie Roseman is unwilling to pull the trigger because he's waiting for so much. Now, I always think that that's part of what GMs do. I'm going to put this out there. I want this. I want two first rounders. And then they know it's like a car salesman. You go in, and you know the number's going to be high. You lowball them, and then you meet somewhere in the middle. I just wonder now, the more it continues to go on, is he holding that hand too strongly?
0: I don't know, man. I know people just want to say Roseman's the worst, and he's going to get fleeced here, but this is typically something he does well, right? Doesn't he typically play – look, Put your opinions of Roseman aside. This is a game that he typically plays pretty well. So it's like, are you slipping into the mode of, all right, it's Howie season? Or are you slipping into the mode that I hate Howie and I want him gone? Yeah, you got to be side of that fence are you on? Uh,
1: No, I I think that he's playing this right. I mean, you don't want to just give away Carson. But I don't understand truly what's going on behind the scenes. So he has to get a good vibe on that. But no, I mean, when it comes to this, you can't just trade Carson Wentz for nothing. You got to make sure you leverage it the best way possible. And no, I'm not on the fence of, you know, screaming at Howie for this specific
0: situation we're in right now. Well, is Howie Ro- the question is, is Howie Rosen playing this Carson Wentz trade the right way? All right. That's what I'm interested to find out. From the people out there, because I know a majority of our watchers, our viewers, our listeners, if you're watching the show live at 97.3 ESPN.com, you know, I know a lot of people don't like Howie Roseman, but take, take your biased opinion of him and put it to the side. Do you feel that he's playing this the right way? Here's where I'll say, I think he is.
1: If he doesn't have a first rounder on the table and he's trying to work his way to that first-rounder. I think that you're playing your cards right, and you know, you're know you really trying to squeeze out that first-round pick for Wentz. I don't think that that's the most egregious thing in the world. If he has a first-rounder on the table, and he's trying to pry out a second, and it's not even close to really being an option, and he's really holding on to try and make it look like he's getting... You know what I mean? Like If he has a first-rounder, and he's trying to squeeze out the second rounder, and it's not going to happen, and that could be the difference in losing that
0: first rounder, then I think maybe he's going too aggressive. Now, this is an interesting one. Joe Show's watching on YouTube. What's up, Joe Show? Good viewer of ours. Rumors are the Eagles are interested in Russell Wilson. You know, uh, it's funny that he put that up there, because yesterday when they were doing all this Russell Wilson stuff about how many times he got hit, and he talked about it on the Dan Patrick Show, that we need to get better And essentially that started, we had John Clayton on, on Tuesday show. And we asked him about Russell Wilson and does he want to be traded? There's been some murmurs about that possibly in Seattle. And the thing I thought to myself was I guarantee that Howie Roseman would pick up the phone and call them and say, what do I need to give you to get Russell Wilson? He's the one that got away, man. He's the one that got away. So I don't know is like, I'm starting to feel bad better about this whole situation for some reason i feel like i feel like roseman is i feel like he's playing his cards right i just have this feeling that roseman's playing his cards right and it's going to be interesting to see if he gets a deal and people are like well he got a lot more than i thought he was going to get i got it it's going to pain them to have to give him credit but i feel like it's only apropos, Broads, that it would get down that road, that the Eagle fans would have to kind of crawl into a ball and say, oh, man, Howie did something good. I'm with you, and I lean
1: towards right now that he's doing that. I'm on your side more so. I lean more towards your side that he's playing this close and he's playing this you know, in in a good way, but there is a little bit of skepticism in me because that's just how I, I feel at the same time with Howie Roseman. But I lean your direction more. With the Russell Wilson thing, though, if you're Seattle, yeah, hmm, Carson Wentz moved the needle for you. What if you can flip-flop Russell Wilson for Deshaun Watson? Because that would be, if he's that unhappy. But how many times do we hear a quarterback's unhappy? Aaron Rodgers is unhappy. This guy's unhappy. That guy's unhappy. And what did we hear the other day? Tell me, I think it was Andrew Brandt, right? He said, tell me how you feel, how unhappy you are when we talk about playoff football.
0: No, the, the quote that he gave, I wonder if I can try to dig that comment up. It was on Andrew Brandt does uh, the Business of Sports podcast, and some of his versions of it are Brandt's rants. And the Brandt's rant that he did was Ron Wolf was the GM of the Packers. You know, he built those great Packers teams. And what he said was, I don't care if they're unhappy in February. Let me know if they're unhappy in December. In other words, when the season's over. So look, the Seahawks right now, they're quote unquote, not happy with Russell Wilson. What does that even mean? They're not happy with him. Watson's not happy with the Texans. This report says the Seahawks, they're not happy with Russell Wilson. So what are they going to do? We're going to trade this guy. I don't think that's, we're not happy with you. So what are you going to do? Are you going to call the Eagles and say, oh, we're not happy with Russell Wilson. You want him? I don't see that happening. But. I would bet every last dollar I have that if he was available, I know some guy who would be on the phone trying to make a deal, and that's Howie Roseman. Oh, no doubt about it.
1: He would be, along with many other GMs, I would imagine so, right? A lot of teams around the league would pick up that phone to check in on him. I just, I don't know how much juice there really is to it. It feels very similar to, and I know you're saying the Seahawks aren't happy, but when Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy after that NFC Championship loss, did anyone really think Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be back in that green and yellow uniform for next season? It's all kind of just like a, a prisoner of the moment kind of thing in that scenario. And right now, what are they unhappy about with him? The, the fact that he sometimes talks after the season's over and says things that isn't maybe the best thing in the world. All well, right.
0: This is uh, a byproduct of Wilson. You know, Wilson's frustrated with them, and then apparently the feeling becomes mutual because. Seahawks front office members they're not happy that Wilson went to the airwaves and started to air their grievances essentially calling them out he said quote I've definitely been hit I've been sacked almost 400 times we've got to get better and he said I gotta find ways to get better too so he didn't just single hit like that's the part that I think got lost in the sauce he didn't just single himself out or the line out he did say I need to get better too but at the same time he said I've been sacked almost 400 times in my career we got to do better and apparently that was enough to tell the you know kind of push officials with the Seahawks
1: yeah which is kind of crazy to me because I feel like if I'm in that Seahawks organization and and my quarterback says that Well, is he wrong? And and, and like you said, it would be different if he was just going up there and bashing everybody involved and screaming at them and then taking no accountability for it. But he said, I got to be better. The line's got to be better. If you're in the front office, shouldn't you say, he's right? Instead of saying, I'm pissed off at you, Russell Wilson, you should be saying, well, he's kind of got a point. We need to beef up this offensive line a bit. That's how I would approach it.
0: Instead, you might come down the road where it's like, Russell Wilson's like, oh, you're mad at me? I want out. It's crazy. I find that hard to believe, though, that he's going to be out of town. I find it hard to believe, too, that those two would divorce each other. I mean, Wilson just seems like he is. You know, every time he finishes his one of his interviews, he's like, go hawks. You know, like he just epitomizes that franchise, I feel like. So look, it's it's what Andrew Brandt said. Oh, you know, you're not mad in Feb you're mad at the team in February. They're mad at you. Yeah, let me know if you're mad at me when training camp comes around. Uh, unless is this just
1: where we are in sports? where all these players you have the power and you have like that voice and you can move yourself if you want to by demanding a trade. Is this just, just where athletes are in 2021 that this is how it goes? Like, hey, I'm frustrated and I want to be traded. I don't know. I'm just trying to see if if this is how sports works now where this is just natural and this is what it's going to be every year. And this is what you need to deal with as an organization. You're going to hear frustration. You're going to see frustration. You're going to have to find ways to keep him happy. It's they have the power. And how do you adjust as a franchise?
0: Well, it definitely is way different than it used to be where every, I mean, if the guy breaks, win, there's a report, you know, it's like, you can't do anything now without somebody, Well, there's a report that he's not happy. Well, there's a report saying that that report's not right. So it's part of the the world we live in where you just don't know who you can trust. You don't know what report is accurate, which is not, because it sounds like, well, some reporters have the ear of the organization. Other reporters have the ear of other people in the organization. So their messages sometimes are conflicting. You might have somebody, I'm just throwing an example out there, somebody who has a direct line to Howie Roseman. Somebody else has a direct line to maybe, I don't know, somebody that is. Maybe Doug Peterson. Okay, maybe it was Doug Peterson. Yeah. But I'm even thinking about somebody else in the front office that we don't really, like let's say when Joe Douglas was there. One reporter might have a direct line to Roseman, and he might feed them something. Somebody else might have a direct line to Douglas, and Douglas might say, hmm, it's a little different than what he's saying. And that's how two separate stories get out there. And you get these conflicting reports. Now, sometimes both sides are in on it. And that's where it gets confusing, where Roseman says one thing, Douglas says another, and they plan that so that you're left not knowing what the real story is. Yeah, That's that's, where we might be
1: here. Yeah, I think we are. I think that's exactly where we are. Similar to, you know, last week we heard, that there was possibly a package together for the Bears, right? And seeing if Nick Foles was in return or whatever. And I just think we're hearing so much about how much information the care complex puts out there and leaks. Maybe that was all part of how he's playing. We talk about how, how he's holding off, waiting for this. Well, if the Colts see that there's a package on the table from the Chicago Bears, will that now have the Colts put up a different package or try and counter that package. So I think that there is a lot of that leaking information going on just to try and get an upper hand. And they're trying to manipulate the message. If you will, it's exactly
0: what's happening. They want to c- control the narrative. Exactly. And they want, they want, it's almost like they want to split the sides. They want half the people to think, well, this is Roseman's fault. No, this is the, this is Wentz's fault. Why would you want that though? Cause you can't put all the
1: blame on one person. Because imagine, imagine all of that hatred towards one individual, which it does seem, to be honest with you, is Howie. You say it all the time. Isn't there one person that actually would say, I'm a Howie Roseman fan? And even you, like, you don't hate the man, but you don't say you're a Howie Roseman fan. Do you? Unless you do, but I don't think you like No, no. I, I'm
0: not like, I love the fact that right. Howie Roseman is the GM of this football team. But I think I'm just... It was like our conversation yesterday. And, and, and look, I don't. we don't need to go back down the road, but my point is I'm taking an objective view. I'm not being a fan here. A fan <laughs> would say they haven't been successful enough for me. The comment that sparked the whole conversation was there's no consistency. And I'm thinking to myself, let me step out of this for a second as a non-fan and just say, if I didn't know anything about football and I just looked at the Philadelphia Eagles – Over the last 20 years, they're the sixth most consistent team in all of football. There's only five teams that have a better record than them in 20 years. So either you want them to be better than those five teams, which is your right as a fan, or the expectations are just completely out of whack. I get that they it's disappointing that they haven't won more than one Super Bowl in that 20-year span. That wasn't the point. It was they have a lack of consistency. And I said, no, they're the most consistent team in the conference other than I think it was Green Bay. They are the second most consistent NFC team in the entire conference in a 20-year span. You can't ask for much more than that other than the ultimate success. If you want the ultimate success, then, yes, they came up short and they – Have underachieved. But my point is, in a 20 year span, they have given you 15 opportunities of, I don't want to say realistic, maybe some of those they weren't realistic. But the one year, for instance, I thought about this last night. This is stupid that I think about these things. The one year when they had McNabb, I think it was 08 or 9, when they went to the NFC Championship game and played the Cardinals. They only won nine games that year. They were one win away from the Super Bowl. They had beaten the Cardinals on Thursday night on Thanksgiving that year. They crushed them. People thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl again. That wasn't like a legitimate Super Bowl team, but they were one win away from the Super Bowl. They went to the NFC Championship for a fifth time. So it's all my point was over a 20 year span, they have the 6 specs record in the whole league. There's only five teams that are more consistent than they are. So they have been consistent they've been constantly good have they been a super bowl contender all those years no and that's disappointing have the saints underachieved yes but guess what even with their where you think the saints have been a more of a contender than the eagles their record says they haven't been there's only one team that says we've been better than the eagles in 20 years and that's the packers and i think we as fans don't acknowledge that enough. We are so fixated on the now and the problems that this team has, and that's fair. But again, it goes back to the Roseman stuff. Is For 20 years, this team has been the sixth best team in all of football. Yeah, I think just, uh, you know, as you're right, we don't need to go back to the
1: the heavier side of the combo like we did yesterday. But just to throw a little bit of, of my side on it is. Uh, I think of recent, the New Orleans Saints more so than... Because when you were spitting off the earlier of the 20-year career here, the Saints were a little bit slower. They weren't where they were with the Drew Brees towards the end here. Uh, But I just, for me personally, whether this is right or wrong or you feel different about it, the Andy Reid era and the Howie Roseman era, I don't know what to do with that. So I just... I don't know if I need to give praise to Howie Roseman, if I need to give all those wins success to Andy Reid. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I just, I personally, I don't know what to do with that just because was that success an Andy Reid success? Was that success a Howie Roseman success? And he was in place. So he was in place. I just don't know how to take in that information. And I think that skews my feelings on Howie because every time I but do that's think why about him,
0: I, I don't know what to do with it. Right. And that's why I don't, I don't really know how to quantify Roseman, which is why I don't have a positive view or a negative view of him really. I I don't think he's the best. I don't certainly don't think he's near the worst. I, I agree with you on that. He is clearly not the worst GM. Look, there's <laughs> we've talked about this plenty of times. There's plenty of um rankings out there. If you could find me a ranking where he's not in the top ten. That'll be the first one that I could no, find. And, I, and I'm with you. And you know what? As much as, because I definitely do
1: lean towards the frustrated part of the Howie Roseman tree for sure. I'm not as much as most, but I do lean that way. That does tell me something and it's information I don't like to hear because I'm not like a big fan of Howie, but you are right. All of these people in the league do tend to feel a certain way about him. And I don't like that because I do not I, I do want to move on and I do kind of want to head in another direction just yeah. for a fresh voice. It has nothing to do with how I feel about him. I just think it's time to kind of refreshen up a bit. But you're right. When the league and people higher up look at this
0: man, they see him differently than, than most people. Well, because what they do is they see a team that is constantly successful. Our level of success is different from what the – businessmen who run the NFL say. If they say your team is constantly winning 9, 10, 11 games, you're constantly making the playoffs, you're constantly in play. If you're in the playoffs, you're constantly in play for a Super Bowl. You and I might know you're not a legitimate Super Bowl contender, but guess what? Getting those games, winning your division, all those things, like they're constantly getting people every year. When the Eagles season starts, you feel they got a shot. Why? Why? Part of that reason is what Howie Roseman has done. Now, Will Ham is watching on Facebook. Over 20 years, always a bridesmaid, except once. Will, I get that. But we talked about this last night. How many teams in the NFC have multiple Super Bowls in 20 years? They've all been the bridesmaid. They're all the bridesmaid. So, yeah, it's frustrating that they didn't separate themselves from that pack. The only team that has won multiple Super Bowls is the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Giants. They're the only ones, I, I think, I, I could be, I'm going off the top of my head here, but everyone's the bridesmaid. That's the NFL. We want this Eagles to be the exception, not the rule. And that's fine. You can say, I really wish they were the one team that won three, four Super Bowls, but that's the exception. That's not the rule, you know? And it's like, I, I feel like if we could, if we took our, if you were just, Hunter Brody from Mississippi that has no NFL team. And you looked at it, you're like, man, this Eagles team, they're always pretty good. Like they have the six most wins in 20 years. They're always in play. I think we would appreciate it a lot differently. It's kind of like looking back at the Andy Reid era 10 years later and be like, I appreciate what I had, even though they never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I I absolutely do understand what you're saying. Obviously,
1: what you say is is supported, and you're right. There's just so much involved, though, with what we are, where we are now with the Eagles, and I, and I think just where we are internally is somewhere where, and I know you you might bring up when Andy Reid had the four wins and they got healthier and all, but I, I just think we're in such
0: a strange place that we have never really been to before. Yeah. Well, I think if this year goes down a road where you're four and eleven, four four and 12, five and 11, yeah, I wonder
1: what a five and 11 season, because we all can agree if they win four, three, two, one, zero, it's, it's clearly, but what would a five or six win
0: season do? Where would that put them with the Howie thing? And I think in the same spot, you do. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do think that if they start, if they, As I mentioned before, they have one back-to-back losing season in 20 years. One. This goes back to, they've been pretty darn good. As a fan, you can't answer much more other than just winning the Super Bowl. Like, I would love to have won more Super Bowls, but, man, this team has given you, like, part of being a fan is going for the ride, going through the, the regular season and the ups and the downs and getting into the playoffs, and then they get into the playoffs and there's a double doink and you go on again and you're like, this is great, and then, you know, Oh man, if they just catch that pass against the saints, who knows what happens. That's sports. That's being a fan. Like they've given us so many of these great rides, but we want more. We want to win that. Well, Super I, Bowl. I,
1: I understand that. I just think now though, like I said, now it's, it would be different if that's what we got, but I don't think that's where we are anymore. Like now we're just in this strange situation well, where that, that that's remains not, to be seen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. No, but you're
0: right. Like I, I again, I think if they have a season that is frustrating and they just look like the Bengals. Which is
1: weird, though, because what can you possibly expect at a Nick Sirianni with possibly Jalen Hurts and this roster this year? What is a fair expectation? I think, and I know you talk about the injuries and all, but not knowing anything, as an organization, what is a fair expectation for this upcoming team oh wins-wise? I, make sure
0: um, right, I don't know, but it feels a lot like when they had Chip Kelly. They went 4-12, and 12, and then they hired Chip Kelly, and it was like, I have no idea what this team's going to look like. Are they going to punt? Are they going to pass every down? Are they going to run every down? Is the quarterback just going to run every play? You had no idea what to expect. I feel like that's kind of where we are. I have no idea what to expect from Nick Sirianni. You're just assuming, okay, he's some young coach, and you're going to have a maybe a more creative, innovative offense.
1: But if I'm looking at it from a Howie perspective, if you're Jeffrey Laurie, knowing that this is possibly a down year, what do you give Howie as a reasonable number for him to keep his job? Because you can't demand 12 wins knowing that that's not what you have. So if you're Laurie, if I'm looking at Howie and I'm assessing him. Well, they go what's eight a eight. fair – right. That's what I –
0: I'm. you know, if they go 8-8, eight eight, he's probably back. Sports probably, Bash yeah. is brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. Matt Black Kia. Black Horse Bike Egg Harbor Township. Mike Gill Sports Bash. Broads. We got a lot to do today. Sal Powell at three. MKB inside the Sixers. The Checo football at four. Keith Smith on the NBA. Sixers tonight against Portland. Watch the show live at 97.3 ESPN.com. Chris Hernandez is watching on Facebook. What up, Chris? Says, I feel like Eagles don't have a plan moving forward. They hired Nick Sirianni, who was on no one's radar for the head coaching job. And now the quote-unquote franchise quarterback doesn't want to be here. What is their plan moving forward? Are the Eagles tanking? Is Nick Sirianni the new Nick, uh, Brett Brown? That's an interesting question. We'll get into that, Chris. Stick around. Everybody watching, we'll be right back. Don't go away. This is the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. And don't forget, download the free mobile app, and you can watch the show right on your phone. 97.3ESPN.com. You can check us out right there. This is the Sports Bash. Just Howie Rose been playing this Carson Wentz trade the right way? Is he playing his cards right? Use the comments section, and we will continue to chat. Chris Hernandez put up an interesting question before we went to break. roads. he asked, "Do the Eagles have a plan? Are they tanking? Is Nick Sirianni the new uh, Brett Brown?" I don't think that's the case. Like I don't think you're bringing a coach in, you know, with the intention of him kind of developing the the players, then handing it off to somebody else. No, I would be shocked. And you even said this before. It's like this organization
1: is not normally the one to say, hey, we got to really start from the ground up. Unless, like I was kind of alluding to earlier, they've never been in this situation before. So do they analyze it and go, maybe this is what we need to get back to that constant success that we are normally accustomed to. We just, we've never seen them admit to it. We've never seen them really commit full throttle to a full on 100% rebuild where we are going into the year saying,
0: hey, we might be a three or four win football team. It's just not what you see. Well, and I want to respond to something Chris said on uh, who's watching on Facebook. And he asked, no one, uh, Sirianni was on no one's radar for head coaching. Neither was Andy Reid and neither was Doug Peterson. So you don't have to be on the radar to be potentially a success. Like you can be someone that fell through the clock slipped through the cracks that somebody didn't know about you know I don't think anybody thought Doug Peterson was going to be a Super Bowl winning head coach
1: yeah I agree with you it doesn't bother me that he wasn't on another team's radar the the one thing that bothers me the most out of the entire coaching staff is there's not one guy to lean on I if, if there was one guy to lean on I feel I'd think about it a little bit differently a Jim Caldwell Just someone that if Nick Sirianni's having a little bit of trouble, a little bit of stress, hey, Jim, what would you do here? You know what I mean? Just like one veteran voice would have made me feel more comfortable. Just
0: one. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Is that the Kevin Bacon? I doubt it. It doesn't look like his picture. He's watching on YouTube. He wants to know why does Roseman get credit for getting us out of cap hell that he's gotten us into? Well, he hasn't gotten credit for getting us out of it yet because he hasn't. But I think the whole cap thing, I think, gets blown out of proportion a lot.
1: Yeah, I do see a lot of people around the league and who cover the league saying the cap space is something, but it's easy to manipulate. It's not as if And he's the impossible. best
0: at manipulating it. Right. That You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah,
1: but I, I wonder what it's going to be this year because this year is going to have to be those tough decisions. So you're going to get under the cap because you're forced to get under the cap, but does that cost you a Brandon Graham? Does that we'll cost find you out.
0: A, a big piece? Well, somebody asked this question. Ryan Schiffler. I wanted to make sure I said that right. He's watching on Periscope. There's <laughs> He's watching on Periscope. Aside from 86, that's um Ertz. 17, that is Alshon. And 86 again. I'm imagining he means. He says, aside well, from. Well, I think
1: it's, uh, it's Malik Jackson, Alshon, and Ertz, right? I, I mean, unless maybe he's not talking about Malik Jackson. But Malik well, he Jackson. Well, he wants to know where
0: this team is cutting cap
1: from. Well, 10. Yes, Deshaun Jackson. But, you, are, yeah, you're sh- it's you're shredding cat, but you're also taking dead cat money. But, yes, you are losing money off the books when you do that. So it's going to be Alshon. It's going to be Deshaun. It's going to be Malik Jackson. It's going to be Zach Ertz. And that's, like, the, the four obvious ones, right, as we sit here today. And then maybe, yeah. Guys have- that you can cut
0: and save money on. Fletcher Cox. I don't think that's a real I, – I don't think that's going to happen. I don't either. That would be well. This is pre June first. I could switch it to go post June first. Like if you cut Wentz, if you just cut him, the the it would be a twenty four million dollar hit. I think there's
1: something to be said about post June one, though, just because all the reports you're seeing is that's when Alshon's going to go, that's when Deshaun and Malik Jackson are going to go. So, so you want me maybe, to post? Yeah, let, let's
0: just flip it to post June one. If you cut him, post June one. Fletcher Cox, you would have a $16 million cap saving. Mm, maybe I Brandon was Graham, $13 million cap saving. You can't do both, though. I think it's one or the other. Would you agree with me? Yeah, now both of them carry dead money. Right. $8 million for Fletcher, about $5 million for Brandon Graham. Guys that I think are realistic. Zach Ertz, if you cut him, it's an $8.5 million cap saving. And it's a $4 million dead money. Um I wouldn't rule out Brandon Graham. Derek Barnett. No dead money and a ten million dollar cap saving if he is cut post June first. I think you can do that. Utilize Josh Sweat, maybe. I think Derek Barnett seemingly is a prime candidate. Yeah, absolutely. Um Deshaun Jackson is an eight point seven million dollar cap saving post June one. Isaac Sayamala, four million. I don't think so. You don't really
1: have anyone at left guard, and is like your, your safety valve for if uh, Jason Kelsey is no longer in play? He'll move over to center. I, I don't think that's a move that they'd make.
0: Okay, Avante Maddox is two million. Um, so if we're starting
1: to play with the two millions, we got to look heavier. We got to look at those Brandon Grams. You got to slap off a good chunk here, right? I mean, the two millions, the three while well, they all matter? Don't get me wrong. You don't have to make a tough decision with some of the top guys. So. Yeah,
0: you're looking at guys. You know, if I'm going down into the, like the lesser known players now, there's a I don't want to say a new regime in here because Howie's still here, but um, you could cut a, our thing, a white Whiteside and save almost a million bucks. I but think they, the big yeah, money guys says. are the ones I Marquise Goodwin's interesting. I don't know what happens with him because he is a four million dollar cap savings, and he did he opted out this year and he got money i think for opting out. You do get paid when
1: you did opt out, i believe. You did. So that goes against the 1 year cuz it was it was it a 2 year deal.
0: Uh i'm not sure what okay. his deal was 100% but he is set, scheduled to make 3.9 million dollars this year. His cap number is a little bit more than that and he has a cap savings of 4.28 million dollars. Another guy that's interesting uh, he's not a huge cap number, is is McLeod, but keep in mind he's hurt, so you can't. That's a tough one,
1: right? By the way, Marquise Goodwin signed for one year, one point three five mil last year. So, so I don't know that that contract. That's a good question. I don't know how that works. Right? Does that count to the year? Is he still part of the team? Is he not? Do they have to re-sign him? That that is an
0: interesting question. Now, the pre-June first stuff. It's interesting because some of the guys that we mentioned. Um, like Alshon Jeffrey, we know that they they are going to designate them post June 1st. But like, if they were to cut them now, you would actually the cap savings. You would be three million in the red. You would be seven million in the red for Malik Jackson. That's why you have to wait till after June 1st for those particular guys. But like, one of the other guys that you could do something with, we talked about Fletcher Cox. If you just cut him now, it's two million as opposed to if you wait till after June 1st. So yeah, he's going to have to get creative. But to go back to that guy's question. Where is this team cutting cap and being creative? The question that the the other guy asked, why is Roseman, you know, because that's the one thing that Jeff Mosher had told us the other day. And you heard what Jeffrey Lurie said, Lurie trust Roseman with the cap. And if you're going to get me in cap hell, I don't want to bring someone else in here to try to figure out how to untangle this web. I know that you know how to untangle the web. You got us in this mess. I'm pretty sure that you got us in this mess with a plan to get us out of this mess.
1: I would agree with you. I feel confident that he's going to be able to maneuver some stuff. Now, it will be costly. It's not as if you're going to be able to snap your fingers, get under the cap, and you're going to have all these fantastic players that you're limited fantastic players, but the ones that you do have are still going to be in place. You're going to have to make tough decisions, but... I think it's time. I think it's time to hit a reset button where I'm okay with moving those pieces. It shouldn't have fallen to this point so quickly. But since we are here, the best way to get out of this is you're going to have to get rid of some new guys, get some new faces. Orlando Scandrick and I hate to really bring him up because I think he's a, a scum the way that he handled everything there when he left the Eagles. People you know, feel entitled, though, and, and I think it's time to somewhat move on from these entitled, hey, we won the Super Bowl here and, and, and get hungrier people involved in this in this organization.
0: You know, we had uh, a lot of the guys from the Believe Network on. Skandrick does a podcast for Believe. We asked to have him on, and he was the one guy who declined. How about that? He's not a very nice human being. Yeah, some would say. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Poole is watching on Facebook. I think part of the frustration is being so close and having many good teams that it increases expectations, which makes the heartbreak the hurt worse. I agree with that, Sean, but I also think it makes people more irrational. Yeah, that comes with it because you're – Because of the amount of times you've been so close and because they're always – like, I don't think you would think the same way you did if this was Cincinnati and then they randomly won – I don't want to say a Super Bowl. I think that's almost too no, but extreme. No, but
1: I hold them to a higher standard because there is a collective group of teams that the Eagles are associated with, which is the top teams. But as a part of that collective group, you you have higher expectations. So, like, you're right with the Cincinnati Bengals. I wouldn't feel that way. But you are in that group, which I give them credit for. But it's not okay to just be in that group. Now it's time to execute in that group. And I think that's where, yeah. that, that's where that extra level comes yeah, into play. Yeah, and again,
0: like I go back to, like, You're a part of the group with Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans. Who else would be in that group?
1: Uh, The Steelers, right?
0: Ravens. uh, Oh, just the the NFC. In the NFC. In the league, you are a part of the group with the Steelers and the Patriots. Well, no one's in the group with the Patriots were. I think people now, that might change. But you're in this group. By the way, Tampa, I think, has won two Super Bowls now in 20 years. Although, no, this would be 21. Yeah. So it wasn't in that window. wasn't in that window. Damn, you're in a block with – you're in a group in the NFC with Green Bay, Seattle, New Orleans, Philadelphia. It's really those four teams that have had the most success in a 20-year period. Not one of those teams has anything more than you have. They all have one Super Bowl. So you're you're right there with your – contemporaries yeah you are you are and I just the
1: way I look at it is I do give you praise for being. would you rather be
0: the Giants with the two Super Bowls but lousy seasons or the Eagles that you've been constantly in play for 20 years and only one super so you had one extra Super Bowl but you had a lot of misery wrapped around those Super Bowls or you're the Eagles you only won one but man you had a lot of fun runs I think
1: most sports I would agree that the sustained success is better Seeing that Super Bowl and seeing where we are now and how quickly things can change, how crazy it was to win it, I think I would take the two just because it's that hard to win it as we see and as we talk about. Rodgers, Brees, all these guys that should have more than one only have one. If you're telling me I can get two, knowing how brutally hard it is to do, I think I'd have to take that two.
0: See, i go with the one.
1: Yeah, just because it's that hard. But other sports, I'm different. I I feel the Super Bowl is different for me.
0: I would go with the Eagles one and all the fun that i had getting there you know the read years were great there's been the the couple even with the i don't think seven, that's a it horrendous a couple of years by the way you know i said before you don't agree with me i think they were nine and seven based on the injuries they got into the playoffs and gave me a couple good runs i mean they i got two fun games the one year i beat the bears on a double doink and i i'm a catch away from beating the Saints like I enjoyed that ride like I as a fan can say I enjoyed that at the time it hurt looking back at it it sucks but I had a blast like I I can't like I think people just don't appreciate the fun of the run sometimes I'm not
1: discrediting that and I don't think that your mindset is flawed I don't think you're crazy to say you'd rather take the sustained success because I feel that way in other areas i just think with that super bowl trophy we talk about hall of famers and the greatest to ever play the game at the position and they all only have one when they should have more that shows you how hard it is to do to to kind of support some of the conversations you have it's very hard to do it so if you
0: told me i can get two how can i pass that up i mean i'd love to have two i'd love to have three but you know what i say to my friends who are Cowboys fans all the time you oh, throw it in your face and i say you know what as soon as the eagles won the super bowl I was over it. Like I'm on to the next season and I'm already bitching and complaining about this season. So winning that Super Bowl in 2017 did nothing to satisfy anything more than the 48-hour period right there. Because as soon as it was over, the next season, you were right back to bitching and moaning. And it's Howie Roseman's fault. And get rid of the coach. He stinks. It's like the guy won the Super Bowl. Well, apparently that's not good enough. Like yeah. I, I'm I'm like at that point where it's like in the moment it's great, but Outside of that fairy tale, forty-eight hours reality sets back in. That nobody cares that you. That's what the cow. Like we live. The Cowboys have that one thing over you. They won all these Super Bowls and they live it for their whole lives. That's all. They're the blue ends. Oh, jeez. And that's all they. That's all they know. The blue ends. But come on, it's like the Eagle fans almost want to replicate that. It's like, well, I'll take two Super Bowls. Why you had more fun? The last 20 years, you've had more fun seasons than the Giants. They've lived in misery. These last five years for them have been horrible. Yeah, but they won the they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Bowl. they I forgot about this, it already.
1: Yeah, but I still you still take the championship. I can't not take the championship.
0: Always testy is watching on YouTube. He says, last time we went 4-12, and we won the division the next season. Everyone relax. I can agree with that. I've been saying that always. Uh, I've been saying that, that this feels to me a lot like that. You went four and 12 that year. A lot of that was based on the injuries to the offensive line. And then the next year you came back not knowing what to expect and you surprised everyone. I don't think there are another four win season ahead of us here. I don't think it's to that degree. You might be
1: more in play due to the division. You might be,
0: but I don't think there are four wins. ESPN.com just put out its 2021 power rankings. And I'll tell you where the Eagles finished on that list both in the league and in the division. You might be surprised by this one. Sports Bash brought to you by Amerisave Mortgage. Lower mortgage rates means more savings. Find out more at Amerisave.com. It is the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Will is checking in. Says Baltimore, New England, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, New York, all multiple winners. Don't want to rehash yesterday. Just started listening to you guys, loving the commentary. But you know Philly fans, passionate to a fault. If you're not first, you're last. Well, guess what? We've been last a lot, and I know, Will, as last as we've been, you got a Flyers avatar in your logo. They've been last then more than everybody, and you still love them. Flyers are like the Eagles. They're always competitive. They just never win anything. Don't you love the flyer seasons? Depends. There were some ugly moments in there. Back with more. I'll tell you where the Eagles fell in those power rankings, though. You might be surprised to hear this coming up. 97.3 ESPN. Hey, Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN, uh, I'll tell you what, the power rankings for next year are out. Not that they really mean anything pre-agency free agency and draft, but it kind of gives you an indication of what people think of this team right now. And in the power rankings at ESPN.com, the Eagles ranked 26th in the NFL. 26th in the NFL. Wow, And they were worst... In the NFC East.
1: Wow. I thought you said you would be surprised. I thought maybe they would be optimistic
0: towards the Eagles. I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, what are they, putting us in the top 10? No, but I did see the betting odds for the division next year, and they had the second-best odds behind Dallas. I think they realize that Eagle fans will bet on the Eagles. They try to get that much. Yeah, I was going to say that's a good idea, because I was going to say
1: that doesn't really add up here, the second odds in the NFC, unless they think it's going to be that putrid again, where second
0: in the NFC East could be a three-four-win football team. I don't know. I mean, I was talking about this with Josh earlier today. Like, if they get Dak Prescott back now, there's some talk about that whole situation being blown up in the air. I mean, the whole Dak Prescott, and they didn't put him in the video, and now you got some of these former Cowboys saying, I don't know why they didn't sign him, and, you know, there's some thoughts about they might have to trade him away. I mean, you've entered that into the mix now, but if they get Dak Prescott back, if they had Dak this year, they would be they would have won, run away with this division this past year. Their defense was a mess, but it got better as the season went on. I was going to say, they cleaned up a
1: bit. And what we saw in the beginning when we were poking fun at them and making fun of them, that as bad as a defense as it was, that wasn't who they were going to be forever. So you're right. They probably would have ran away with it. And you look at it now on paper, I think that they have a great shot at, at taking control of this NFC East.
0: 609-403-0973 on the text board. 609-403-0973. Uh, send us a text. We also got a ton of comments that we got to get to over on the live video stream. Chris Dunn is watching on YouTube. Went and urged to the Colts for two first, the third. There's too much in that. Yeah, team. no shot is
1: that happening. By the way, though, some optimism though when you talk about those rankings. Mike Lombardi did say that Nick Sirianni was a horrendous hire, did he not? I did not hear that. Yeah, he at the at the time of the signing, Mike Lombardi came out and said something else about the coaching hire. So if you want to look
0: off the track record. He might win us the Super Bowl. David Lee's watching on YouTube says how he is playing this right. He's looking for the best offer. I'm more on that side. I think Roseman's actually playing his cards right on this one.
1: What about what I said earlier, though? Do you think it's possible that he has a first on the table and he's not pulling the trigger to hold on to maybe grab an, a, another part of the deal? Would you be okay with that? How would you feel if there's a first on the table right now, but he's not taking that? Would you be okay with it? Uh, how, how would you feel?
0: Well, because there is on time. what they end up getting.
1: Yeah. Cause there is going to be a time where enough is enough. And like, all right, it's, it's time to stop reaching for more pennies and you got to accept the deal.
0: Um, yeah, I just, and Sal is going to join us in seven minutes from now. So, um, I think he feels the same way as if they had a first, they probably would have taken it by now, but. I don't know. It, the question is, is it just one team, two teams? How many teams
1: are involved here? And another question is, are you getting rid of him no matter what? So at the end of this, no matter what the best deal is on the table, you know he is out of here. Or is there seriously a chance internally where they think, if I don't get the offer I want, um, I'm keeping him? What uh, is their
0: mentality? Um, That's a hard one because, and we can ask Sal that is, look, if they don't get the offer they want, are they prepared to bring him back? Exactly. And I'm sure his answer will be, they're going to get the offer they want. But...
1: That being said, what if they don't? Yeah, it's a a very interesting situation that we have here.
0: Uh, A couple uh, messages coming in. Always Testy is watching on YouTube. Says Eagles did what the Phillies did. They kept the championship players too long. Yeah, I think – and they admitted that. Laurie said it. We saw the window in 18 and 19, and we may have done – and Joe Banner said the same thing. He said they were uncharacteristic with some of the all-season signings that they did, and they did it because – look – Winning that Super Bowl made them make irrational decisions.
1: But I also wonder, too, because it is uncharacteristic for them to keep guys as long as they did. So since they did that is the only way out of this to kind of rebuild, which is another uncharacteristic thing. But they have to do that because of the uncharacteristic move they
0: made prior. But you know what? Part of it is staring at yourself in the mirror and saying, "Okay, I was I made mistakes. Now I got to go back to doing what I did to get us there but don't
1: you think and and I know that people aren't going to walk up to the podium and just say this but if we heard that message clear just the way we described it we did something uncharacteristic we tried to win another Super Bowl it didn't work so right now we have to go and try and fix this thing up so we have to make another uncharacter you know what I mean though like maybe not to that level but just explain that to us and then we're not in this mess that we're at where we're trying they tried to they said really you think they tried to make that message clear this is well, a they
0: maybe they didn't make it clear, but I call it what they, they said it twice. Roseman said it and Lori said it, that in 18 and 19, we thought we still had a window and we went for it. But this isn't a clear message. They, they, they screwed I up screwed the bottle. I got the message. No, oh, come on. You have no clue what they're thinking. Nobody does. Jeff Bone and Pookie's watching on YouTube. Is that three people? One or two? Is that Jeff Bone and Pookie? Jeff Bone and Pookie? <laughs> How do you read that one? Jeff Bone and, and Pookie. Pookie. Two people. Super Bowl 52 team was totally different. Right place, pieces at the right time. Difference is they felt that a lot of those pieces could do it again in 18 and 19. That's where they overplayed their hand that time. Sal Palantonio is going to join us on the other side. I encourage you to stick around and listen.